King P here. And Stelio7. And welcome to another episode of This Week in Metropolis. In this week's episode, we speak to Chris and Ian, the owners of well-loved Norfolk American diner Zach's. They tell us what makes their burgers so great and how they use the local community to help them with ideas for their recipes. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome you to This Week in Metropolis. As, as we just said, Chris and Ian, thank you very much for joining us on This Week in Metropolis. Um, you're the owners of a well-loved food chain in Norwich called Zach's. Um, especially loved by us. Bit about, <laughs> That's good to hear. Yeah, especially yes, loved by very us. very much so. <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourselves and, and how you got into the industry. Um, well, I've been in the industry, what, 25 plus, you know, I keep forgetting how old I am, but I'm old now, uh, but um, at least 25, maybe even 26, 27 years now. Um, I actually started out, uh, I worked in theatre, uh, <laughs> but I also always had a part-time job. I've worked in bars or restaurants. That was my sort of bit in between doing bits. I was sort of like um, backstage in theatre, like lighting and sound and things like that, but I'd always had um, another job, always worked in restaurants and bars. Um, didn't want to move to London. I'm from Manchester originally, so that's where Manchester, kind of all the work was in London. I thought, well, actually, I love working in restaurants and bars. I'm actually going to make a career of that. Uh, and then went into sort of managing restaurants like in my early 20s. Um, carried on that for, and that's what I've been doing ever since, really. Um, we'll talk about the Zach's bit, how we got into Zach's yeah. later, later on. But yeah, that's, that's me. I've been kind of that most of my life now, so. Yeah, no, I'm actually an accountant originally. Um, yeah, nobody uh, holds that against you too much. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a typical accountant. <laughs> um, and I was the CEO of Blue Sky Leisure, which used to own Zach, so that was my association with Zach's. Um, uh, and so, I, so I've never really pulled a pint, cooked a burger, other than at home. I mean, I've never really been operational in the business. I used to do what we call um, back to the floor shifts, but they were just to the floor shifts because I've never been there in the first place. But uh, but that's my experience of catering. You, you did a bit of pot wash a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't realise there was actually a machine that did it at the side of him, and he was actually washing them all by hand. <laughs> that was deliberate to show the team that I had put in the effort. <laughs> I was going to say, did you ever imagine running your own business like, like you are now? Uh, I've always wanted to. It's, um, I've always used the adage, I've always... Uh, work for other people, making them money, and <laughs> never then come out with much for myself. So, uh, but it's always different when you own a business because you actually don't make money in a business in a hospitality business. You, um, but yeah, I've always dreamed of doing it because um, politics, more than anything, the fact that um, me and Ian are good friends and we own a business that is well loved and we we love the team that we work with as well. Now our, our board meetings are like over breakfast at Waterside just the two of us and we can make a decision or if we want to do something we just pick up the phone to each other and go what do you reckon to this we don't have to go for a board meeting and then uh, when we were it was owned by because we both i previously worked in zax for 10 years as well so ian recruited me in 2005 to work for blue sky leisure to run zax yeah so i uh, but that was in obviously it's still a family business but it was a large family business so um you still had like many layers to go through now it's just us and the team um, so it, it's, it's that, that realisation that actually if we want to do something actually we just need a conversation and 
yeah, we, we don't always agree on everything, but we, we're, we, we talk it out and we go, well, let's do it, let's try it. And, and, that, and that, for me, is just being a real breath of fresh air and freedom, albeit yeah. in a very challenging first year owning my own business alongside well, my business partner. But to some extent, I, I've been there before with owning businesses. I've, um, I've uh, before I joined Blue Sky Leisure um, as CEO, I, I, I'd owned an oil and gas business with my brother, which we sold. Um, and since I left Blue Sky Leisure, I've had another business, um, a, a boutique L wellbeing and sort of energy optimization consultancy, um, which uh, which is sort of digitally delivered, um, which runs alongside Zach's. Um, still now, so you know, so I'm kind of I'm kind of used to it, and but um, and I don't I don't think I could work for anybody anymore now. I'm too institutionalised as an entrepreneur, to be honest. Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 been a, a very challenging year, but it's also been a very enjoyable and a very tiring and a, um, a very emotional year as well. So, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way now. It's, um, was there um, sort of uh, taking over a, a business such as Zach's, which, as I said, me and James are very aware of sort of Zach's as a brand, and certainly we, me, me and James as well, followed a similar path. Isn't that we grew up in Essex, met a girl from Norfolk, moved to Norfolk, and one of, I remember sort of you know first coming to Norfolk and the, the Norwich area and saying, "Oh, you've got to go to Zach's. That's yeah. amazing. They got the best burgers." And that, and that is, is a common thread, whoever you speak to, it's a brand that everyone loves and has been to and knows and, and, and or has a, a story associated with it. Was that a, a responsibility that you were sort of aware huge, of? Huge responsibility. We don't actually call ourselves owners, really. We do, we, we've not got like, we're not like the director, managing director or anything like that. We actually call ourselves custodians. Yeah. Because... Uh, hopefully Zach will continue after our custodianship. It's been going for, uh, I, um, Zach started in 76. I was born in 76. Yeah. So it's been going 44 years. Um, this is just um, our period of when we're, where, where the custodians. We're looking after that brand and making sure it's secure for the future. And hopefully somebody else that loves the brand as much as we do will take it on after we've had our time uh, and continue its um, um, journey into the future. So... Well, yeah, it's a huge responsibility. Mm. Yeah. Were there things that you thought, right, I'm taking this over, and this is, you know, a, a big deal in, in that sense, but were there any things like a checklist of things that you had of we want to address these areas or we want to sort of add or change yeah. to these things? Yeah, we, we had a period of due diligence, and I think obviously we both know the brand really well, and, um, you know, I'm just going to turn this traffic light. Pretty much. Um, the traffic light keeps flashing. We've got some really great systems and procedures here. You know, we're not too procedurally driven, but we've got Chris and I built the brand to expand for franchise before we both left. And that didn't happen because the company decided to do other things. We built this great system where, you know, we're first in class at a lot of things like food safety and health and safety and customer service in terms of the way we, we do things um, so we knew that was all there somewhere but that got a little bit lost along the way and some layers had been put on top of that so it was a we knew it had become a little bit over bureaucratic so we knew that was an issue we needed to address 
Um, we could see from a customer perspective that things had gone a little bit wrong with the customer experience, particularly around the menu. There have been some big menu changes that were delivered and they, and they weren't hitting the mark with the customers. And with the power of social media, our business plan was written that down yeah. already because it was just like all of these customers asking us to put it back how it was, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, so that, was, that was laid out. We knew the team needed to just be reinvigorated, re-energized. Um, so we kind of, we had this hit list of things that we needed to do day one. And the first thing we'd done day one was ask the team what they thought we needed to change, actually. Yeah. And a questionnaire out to every team member day one and said, you know, what's broken, what needs fixing? Uh, I think I think what had happened, which which actually now, which allowed us to actually be in the position we're in now, which, so we, we don't harp too much on about the past, but um, I think the communication had broken down between both team and customers and yeah. um, Zach's had stopped listening to his customers and had stopped listening to his team. Um, so the first thing we, we did, and, and if you go back over our social feed, not only did we ask the team, we actually put it out there and go, right, we're here, we're listening. What what do you want us to do? And yeah. we actually coined the hashtag yours acts in those first few weeks because it's it's not it as much as it sounds on paper, it's not, it's Norwich's yeah. and and foreign lands. Um mm. so that we did have our own hit list, but then that was almost ripped up a couple of days later and a new one was rewritten, including some of that stuff because we asked people what, what they wanted and then um Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Ian coined this phrase that Mark Zuckerberg used to say, move fast and break things when he yeah. was sort of disruptive in the social media world. Well, we actually changed it. Like we, were, we wanted to move fast and fix things. Yeah. So things that we could do quite easily, like they changed the burger recipe, the actual patty. Mm. We changed it back to Zach's original recipe within the first couple of weeks. Well, the only delay on that was the amount of stock we had. Yeah, so, so yeah. Was getting, um, they're taking Budweiser out on draft. Everybody loves the Zach's burger and a pint of Bud. Mm. So we, we got Budweiser back through the door as soon as we could. Um, yeah. Little details like that, um, the chips, uh, the change to kind of a, a posh skin on fry, which people didn't want. They didn't like it. They didn't want it. So it's all about early fries at Zach's. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were more expensive, as was the new burger recipe. So really? the changes that we made for, for the customer reasons actually also, um, you know, made us more robust financially as well and helped yeah. us as we went into this awful pandemic. And we'd already start to cut a cloth. And it didn't taste as good either. No. <laughs> yeah, so, um, that, that, that's a good point, actually, that you mentioned the pandemic there as well. How have you managed to adapt? I mean, I know you do deliveries. I've actually been a couple of times to get deliveries um, since since you've changed that way. Is Was that a big um, thing that you had to kind of change around and, and work out how you were going to facilitate it? It was, but I think, you know, because we were back and new to the, not new to the brand because we knew it before, but we were new in posts that were, and everything was in a period of change and disruption. I think it's quite, that, I'm not saying it wasn't difficult, because we went through a very difficult time, the team went through a difficult time, um, but we were able to roll the punches a little bit more, because we were all up for change anyway, and this is just a different type of change. In fact, Chris used that time. We were going to launch the new menu, which is kind of, as you've probably seen, is the yeah. old menu. It kind of took it back to where it was, but then added a new, few new different twists and dishes on it. Um, that was going to be launched for Easter. Well, obviously, we didn't have an Easter from a trade perspective. Um, but we actually used that time to engage with the customers on social media about what that menu looked like. 
and you know, and, and we and we continued to be a bit. When we did restart the takeaway service, it was, wasn't on the new menu, was it? Was still sort of no, it was, it was on a new bag. It was on a new yeah, bag. It wasn't a full list. Um, so we're able to use that time to sort of really get the engagement up. So when the new menu came and we did reopen the doors, people would see the full new menu. They were really excited about it. Yeah. And ready for coming in and having a Zach's burger. Yeah, we actually added 3,000 followers on Facebook <coughs> during the first lockdown and about 2,000 followers on Insta. Um, we wanted to keep the engagement up. We genuinely felt that if we just shut our doors and then open them again, then people, I, th I think the businesses that have done well coming out of those lockdowns are the ones that stayed engaged. Yeah. We want to absolutely stay engaged with the customers. So we were doing weekly, daily, hourly posts at some points. And the same with our team. We were, we had a, we were live in Facebook to the team every week. Uh, and we had like loads of quizzes and all those, those typical lockdown things that lots of people did. But we, me and Ian actually went live in the group every week to update everybody both personally on what the restrictions meant and just check in with everybody, see how they were. And we, we got sort of regular, sort of really high attendance of all the team logging into that live and joining in with it, which, which was great. But yeah, it, it was, it's been exhausting. It's yeah. been absolutely exhausting this year uh, because there's lots of things we wanted to do anyway. Um, but it just, we went from being having a three to five year strategic plan to having what we're doing the next two weeks. Mm. So it was kind of, well, we've kind of ripped up all our plans that we'd spent like weeks doing before we took over the business. They're kind of all gone. I've not even looked at them for months. Yeah. Um, and we just got, we did a big list up on a, a wall. Right, right. This is now, this is tomorrow, this is next week. And then that was rubbed out and then rewritten on and done. And we actually did a lot of things we weren't planning on doing for two or three years during lockdown. Like yeah. got our paintbrushes out, got our things, changed restaurants around, refurbished them. And you, you, you say we ripped out the plan, but we pretty much delivered 90% of it um, in, in that period. Um, yeah. It just accepted, well, that's what a lot of people have said. We've, um, you know, a lot of things in the past year or, or past six months or so, it's accelerated to yeah. certain things, you know, just out of necessity more than anything. Some things have got bigger than that were in the plan. They got a bit delayed, but now they're coming, they're getting bigger. So for instance, we, we um, successfully, um, we got, we got the, the banks back loan that you're entitled to, um, you know, to help with support, but, but from a cash flow perspective on a daily basis, we didn't need it. So yeah. we thought we need that for investment invest in the future of the brand mm. so we then match that up against uh, an ALEP grant new, new angry LEP grant so we've got 41,000 pound grant to um to to go completely mobile um, you guys won't remember this from the, from the history because a you're too young and b you're from Essex yeah. but started as a caravan and you know people who are a little bit older than me I'm early 50s people that are a little bit older than me just have got so much of a connection to that you know they yeah. kind of met their partner there they had their late night drinks there these turn up with their car meets or their american cars or people their, were conceived in car parks that's a real nostalgic connection back to the history of the brand but also it's a great covid proof kind of yeah. future proof system isn't it because if events come back on stream those two those two caravans and um, it, things around it are going to get really used if that doesn't come back on stream we can pop up anywhere we like yeah. and exactly the people anywhere you know you do that whole street food 
viral experience. Yeah, and, and uh, we've had a lot. Of, people used to meet up and show off their cars there, their American cars and their vans and their trucks and all their modern stuff. So we, we, we want to sort of bring that vibe back as well and actually mm. pop up in car parks at night and have the car park full of really cool cars and people having a beer and a burger and stuff like Amazing. that. Amazing. Yeah, that's, that's what we want to get to next year with that yeah. as well. My father-in-law has actually um, told me about when he grew up um, and, and used to go to the caravans to get a burger. And he still gets now the big one, all foil wrapped, because it yeah. reminds him of back in the day having his burgers foil wrapped and so forth. He's raved about it. But one of the things that the wrap up on the COVID side of it is what ideas and things have you implemented during lockdown that you'll carry through afterwards do you think you'll carry on doing the takeaways and stuff well we, tax has always done takeaway but it's obviously not been as prolific yeah. because obviously we had dining our dining customers are always the priority and we'll do a takeaway if we can obviously we are doing more takeaways now than ever as well than we're open with dining but yeah we will absolutely continue yeah. doing takeaway um i think Definitely some of the ideas have been born out of lockdown. We were only going to bring one caravan back, but now bringing two. So we, we're actually going to have two on the road. And that is one thing that, yeah, it's, we're doing that to sort of diversify as well. But um, it, that's going to continue. And we might add even more to it if it's, if it's successful. We've also just launched merch. Um, so we've just launched Sax merch as well, which probably if we hadn't been in lockdown, we wouldn't have done. But again, it's another, because obviously all our revenue streams are just squashed. So yeah. um, normally Saturday night at Portland would be 250 people. The most we can really do at the moment is around about 110, 115, 120, um, with all the tables spacing out and all those. So we've sort of really looked at, right, where, where, where can we get that extra bit of money that will pay for something yeah. to be next month, potentially? or pay that extra bill, pay, put that towards the, um, the electricity bill. So, yeah, we've literally just launched merch as well, which is continue out the other side of that. So it's just a, another way. And um, online gift voucher purchases, so you can get your gift vouchers from there now rather than having to come to the restaurant and buy them and do it. So those things have moved online a little bit and will definitely be continuing outside the other side as well. So Yeah, and we took the opportunity to upgrade all our till infrastructure behind the scenes which enables us to um, really build on what our digital offer is in the future. Um, the system that we've implemented is from the same supplier, the same supplier we've had for a long time, but that, that means that we've got now the, the API to be able to connect to whatever different systems in the future we want to connect to for digital strategy, whether that's, that's you know, a delivery partner or... More exciting stuff is wingsaw. We've got a new wingsaw. So that, <laughs> that enables us to, to react um, properly and quickly and dynamically in the future to say, if we wanted to have a delivery partner. We did consider a delivery partner. We, had, we signed up with one pre-lockdown, didn't we? Yeah. Um, but when we decided against it, well, when they wanted to take thirty percent of the sale, then uh, yeah, I yeah, bet they did. We're going to try and do this ourselves. Yeah, so. yeah definitely. But I think that's the thing that will I've noticed just to, on a personal level. I have a I, I live in North Horsham in Norfolk, and I have a fish and chip shop down the road, which is my favourite fish and chip shop. They were very very quick uh, as soon as everything started sort of going as it has to implement an online ordering system and you open up the website and you add to basket and you select what time you're collecting it and it is seamless it is fantastic 
And those sort of things make a difference, don't they? It is oh, sort of a, a little change. Uh, I don't know how big a change it was for them, but you know, usually they would have had telephone orders and people the phone would be ringing constantly and so on. But now they've got control of that situation and they're, they're, they still have the queues and the, and the business that they would normally, which is... Yeah. It makes said, life easier for everyone, really. Yeah, it? you use the takeaway service. You, you, when we're in full lockdown, you book as if you're booking a table. You book your takeaway slot to turn up, yeah. and then we call you, get your order, uh, and then you turn up your slot, and it's there, good to go for you. So, yeah, yeah. we repurposed our table booking system instead of paying a third party of fortune mm-hmm. uh, to process the orders for us. We just repurposed the system and um, yeah. managed to use that. So, we, we weren't giving away a um, massive portion, which would have mm-hmm. left us. Uh, essentially, uh, that, that's exactly. Exactly. that was an interesting conversa- innovation conversation, really, that happened in one of them Saturday morning board meetings. It wasn't, wasn't, um, that was a prob- probably a phone call one, that one, because we think we'd shut by then. But, um, but, and I said to Chris, you know, kind of like, surely Open Table, the way it works, can deliver a takeaway experience because basically we want to do the same. We want to control the amount of people that come through the door at certain times of the day. And that's exactly yeah. what it does. And Chris said, leave it with me, I'll do some investigation. Well, our account manager said, leave it with me, I'll do some investigation. And she came back and said, there's one restaurant doing that in North America. <laughs> Let's see if we can set it up for you as well. So we were like the second restaurant in the world to Amazing. think, Let's repurpose Open Table, a yeah. national platform or an international platform for booking tables in the booking takeaways. Uh, and yeah, and, and that made it, and we didn't get that, you know, the problem with a lot of the people that have got the delivery partners is the delivery partners don't let, that's either off or on. So you yeah. can be busy service when you're open and get 300 takeaway orders come through the door until you turn the machine off, they'll just keep spelling yeah. out the printer. <laughs> we still want to deliver that Zach's experience as well. Yeah. We, want, we want to do the phone call. We want to ask you if you want to do, cook this way or that way, rather than it being sort of just ordered yeah. you booked your slot and then we got in touch with you and you still had that engagement with us as well which we mm. wanted but we didn't want you to be stuck on the phone with it ringing off the hook yeah, trying, trying to, to ring get through yeah. you you raised a good point there chris actually with regards to the zach's experience because going into the restaurants the you know the food itself all of that plays a huge part when you're visiting zach's do you think what what do you think is more important or is it, is it the whole experience? It's everything. It's the, the whole thing. You've got to have every element right. So yeah, you can have your food right, but your atmosphere can be out. You can have the wrong music play. Mm. It's, it's down to the, I've spent sort of, during lockdown, I think I spent a total of about six solid days redoing all the playlists, literally sort of six, seven hours a day, just getting the right tracks, putting together a lunch, yeah. play, breakfast playlist, weekend, evening playlists, all those. So even just getting the music right, um, so like lunch at the moment, we've got a bit of Prince Purple Rain playing in the background, but that wouldn't be appropriate for a Saturday night because it'd send you to sleep. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then to the lighting as well and um, making sure that it feels cosy. I always describe Zach's as like putting on your favourite, um, everybody's got a favourite pair of joggers or yeah. joggers when you get in, but I think most people have been living in them for the last few months, haven't they, on lockdown. Yeah. Uh, but when you when you are out about you come back you put that jumper on you sit down and you feel like you're at home that's what it should feel like in Saxon and you should get that lovely friendly relaxed service that is ticks all the boxes from what you want from service but it 
it's not formal, you don't feel uncomfortable, you can be sat somebody next to somebody that's just finished work, they're in the work clothes, or somebody that's come out for a party night and they're all dressed up to the nines. Everybody should feel sort of comfortable at Zach's, it's creating that environment. And then, obviously, the food's got to be delivered on that as well. So yeah. you've set the scene, you've got the right environment, and the food absolutely has to... You should always get a reaction when you put Zach's food down. If you haven't, we've got it wrong. Mm. I think that's what happened with a little bit with the, uh, the, the last menu that was in place that we mm. then sort of changed. The team weren't proud to put it down, so it was always a bit tentative, and then the customer reactions weren't great as well. I like to think that now we've nailed it again, and when we put a plate of food down and so when you get either like a very slight visible reaction or a, sometimes people go, oh, some people get the cameras out straight away. Yeah. And obviously when they get stuck in as well, it's watching those faces around the restaurant and it should be filled with like sort of happy, content, really relaxed looking people, um, including the team. So, Are there any menu options that you sort of really, really want to add, but it's a little bit, out there and you think oh i'd really like to do that but is that just no, a bit I, I, pushing I, I, it in the envelope too much I, I don't know if you've seen i use social media a lot so yeah you're right thinking about this what do you reckon like the the, uh, the freaking festive frickle burger that's out there oh, that looks incredible absolutely incredible yeah yeah no, good. We, we got that out there and now everybody was like oh. obviously some people i put sick faces but they were in a very small minority so social media is a really good test for an idea um, we launched Screaming Monkey um, sauce yesterday as well. Yeah. Hot, I'm about to have. Which is a hot sort of peanut sauce. Sounds fantastic. Um, that was literally last week. We were just stuck in loads of things in a bowl going, oh, if we had some of that, what will that taste like? And um, we came over and went. I, I think, if, going back to your question, I think it's really easy for Chris to do that and get a great reaction, particularly from our younger fan base. Sure. As we develop sort of, um, you know, because... Zach's has always been intergenerational and, you know, we've got clearly a younger fan base as well as that older fan base. We talk about like your, your father-in-law. Um, but um, what we can't do is what they did with the previous menu is take things off. Yeah. Uh, some of the old favourites. We do take some of the old favourites mm. off, you know, and, and, and if you're not selling any of them, if, if, if Auntie Maud's the only person that has it once three times a year, we can't put it on the menu. No. But, um, you know, like corn cocktail or something. Well, that's what the blue <laughs> Take the blue vein off. Well, for a start, that was my wife's favourite. So, um, but that's a really good story about innovation. My wife's favourite for years have been the blue vein. She's like, "You're putting that back on, aren't you?" I said, "Well, well, I know, I know you've got a voice, but we're putting it back on anyway, honey." Yeah. <laughs> All because of you. But then we bought the PV burger, right? and that's now her favourite. She's not even eating the blue vein that was a favourite for years. But loads of customers, and including my wife, were saying, "Where's the blue vein? Where's the blue yeah. vein?" Bang, you know, that was it. Wasn't you know, it's a stock classic Zach's burger, yeah. That's never going anywhere. That's that's well, yeah. So, but we brought in with the new menu, we brought in the PB and we brought in frickles, we brought in cheesy churros, which are all quite innovative stuff that no one else in the area is kind of doing. And they've sold really well alongside those old classic favorites. I've heard this before, but when you're working in a particular restaurant or um, food chain you tend to not enjoy the food as much because you're there and around it all the time and you, you if anything you get sick of it um, this probably applies more to big um, kind of commercial chains but with you guys are there different burger restaurants outside of Zach's that are particular favorites of yours that you take inspiration from or ideas from one of my favorites is Patty and Bun in London 
um, the, the original patty and bun yeah. uh, just off um, Oxford Street. Um, that is one of those burgers that you get possessive of. Um, this is why I was trying to make it like a, a, this is how I describe the PB now, it's one that you pick up and you start and you never put it down until it's finished. <laughs> And then you sort of, like, sort of like start protecting it and want to eat it. So, yeah, patty and bun is awesome. Um, yeah, we, 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 years ago, when we were looking at the franchise options, we went and, we went and all around all the sort of when, when burger joints were really having that big boom um, a few years ago. And we went and looked at all around those. But yeah. Do you know what? I've got a confession to make as well. Because, because <laughs> Zach's burgers are so good and they're really good. I sometimes get a craving, because I live in Galston, um, I get a craving for a proper, dirty seafront burger. Like, literally out of a tin can and put on the grill for a few <laughs> seconds with some really soggy um, onion, uh, a bit of burger sauce on there, a bit of ketchup. And I, I, so occasionally I will get a craving for a proper, yeah. dirty seaside burger, like £2.50. From, from a van or yeah, something like that. The dirtiest little shack you can find on the yeah. seafront. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I love those. They, I think, but that's more of a nostalgic thing, though. I think it's you know, it reminds me of many a night coming out of a club at whatever o'clock in the morning, and there's a van or something and having them. Which is back to the original story of how Zach started. Yeah, that's it exactly, and people still remember that, doesn't it? Don't they? It takes them back. Norwich still is some really good, great local businesses. I mean, when I first. Yeah moved to Norwich 2006, there wasn't any chains, and kind of, kind of chains have come in now, but they've yeah. not come in and done as well as they thought they have, and some of them have shut down. But I mean, there's some absolutely great places. I mean, um, Shiki, the Japanese restaurant on Tombland, that's an amazing place, one of my favorite spots to go, just for like a little bit of lunch in there. The Korean there is amazing. Um, um, you, and we've got like real sort of storage places, like the Assembly House, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Their afternoon tea is to absolutely die for. Um, and th there is some just great local businesses. Mm. Do, you, do you take ideas from them? when you, Like you say, there's really nice curry houses. Um, do you go to them and think, oh, this, this could work in a burger? Is that how yeah, you right. kind of yeah. come up with your ideas? Yeah, yeah you, you never really shut off with that. I mean, that, that was the whole thing with the um, screaming monkey sauce. Um, originally I started out making a satay and I sort of had my coconut milk and my peanut and I made all that and I just tasted it on the wings and I said now this isn't Zach's so I went right what then I asked the question what if Zach's did their own nut sauce what would it be like and it would be hot it would be sweet and it would be spicy and it won't have any coconut in it and that's sort of went so I made it that way round and then that was like no that's a Zach's nutty yeah. sauce so yeah you get, definitely get inspiration from loads of places um and, and it's in, it's just, it's just asking yourself, right? If, if Zach's did this, what would it look like? So you just got to put that question in front of it, and then see if it works. And are you always that hands-on with the the execution of it? So sort of, you know, in the kitchen, thinking, right, I'll stick that in, I'll put that in, and yeah, absolutely, that's the yeah. process. I think the chefs think I'm a bit crazy sometimes. I'm literally just wandering into the kitchen, stuff out of fridges. <laughs> cooking stuff and things like that and then I'll get to join in with me and stuff so yeah real collaborative and then they'll try it and then I'll go what if you put less in it and all right so yeah real collaborative process for the team the team come up with loads of ideas as well so what's the long-term plan where, where do you see Zach's in five ten years 
hopefully still here. <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, we'll be I'm sure it will be. Well, we, we, I say we've only been looking short term, but never have we thought that we won't be here in five years. So uh, the question is, is when this whole COVID thing settles, we'll probably get our heads together and go, right, okay, well, what does the next two, three years, where are we now? What's our position? How, how strong is that? What, what do we want to do? And you know what, then probably we'll ask our customers again and, and the team and go, right, what do you want to see from Zach's in the future as well? And obviously we've got these uh, mobile units to, uh, there's a business plan there. There's another business plan off the back of that. One of the part of that grant is to, what we're going to also buy as part of that project is a containerized restaurant dining area in a, you know, so we're, uh, a shipping container with drop down sides, um, possibly with a rooftop terrace, but we might, that might not be, that might not be phase one, that might be phase two. Um, that we can drop ship to a location, um, sit it alongside the bigger one of the two um, trailers, and then we've got full service restaurant. Amazing. Now that gives us an opportunity to test a business model and I, I said to Chris, I was, I'm a keen cyclist and I was out on a bike ride and I just biked back. I, I live in Boston way and I was biking, biking through Lowestoft and passed like three different Starbucks type operations, costas, drop shipped into car parks. And I'm like, yeah. well, we, we could do that. You know, we could do that at a reasonable cost, drop ship a full restaurant, not, not with a movable kitchen, but actually drop ship two containers that's got a kitchen and a restaurant, uh, you know, and there's a, there's a potential business model there cause that, that could see us expand our number of outlets quite rapidly, quite cheaply. Now, we don't know whether, whether that's going to work or not, so we're going to play with this yeah. one we've got and see what that looks like, but actually, you know, there, there, there's, there's an opportunity to actually get loads more Zacks, even in Norfolk, let alone anywhere else, um, with, with very little capital expenditure. I think when we asked that question of our customers a few years ago, when we were last involved in the business, we think it was when it was the, yeah, it was the 40th anniversary year. I think my favourite one was um, a little girl drew a picture of a Zax on the moon. He wants to get up there, doesn't he? <laughs> I think it would cost quite a lot to get a shipping container to the moon, wouldn't it? <laughs> that was brilliant. That Anything was. is possible. He's done it really detailed as well and laid it all and everything. Um, but yeah, that, that was great. <laughs> Love it. Just be careful, don't catch fire on re-entry, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Where can people find you online on social media? Um, oh, well, we've got our Zaps Authentic American Diners on Facebook. We've got our Zaps American Diners Insta. Um, we're playing with TikTok at the moment, so you might actually see us on there soon as well. Um, and we're also on Twitter, but not so much. That's at Zach's Norwich or our website, which is uh, Well, Chris and Ian, thank you very much for joining us. No well, worries. Thanks for having thank us. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Don't forget, if you did enjoy it, please um, like, subscribe on whatever platform you're watching and listening on, because in that way you won't miss out on any future episodes we put out. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms as well. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, give us a follow and uh, you'll be able to keep up to date with all the, the latest uh, episodes and posts that we um, put out there. But thank you for uh, listening and watching. And we'll see you next episode.